Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Welcome to River Valley. Uh, Man, Happy New Year. I hope you guys are off to a great start for the new year. Uh, I said in the first service is if you're like me, which is a horrible way to begin because I'm weird. So if you're similar to me, if you have any sort of traits like me, um, you use the first of the year to kick off your new goals. I, I, I think about my new plans in November, December, January 1st, kind of a kickoff. And, and so I'm in the process of implementing my plan for what God, I believe, has for me this year, uh, what he's going to do and, and the ways that I'm going to see him move in those ways. And so I, uh, if you're that way as well, uh, even if you're not, my wife is like not a goal setter. So, so you don't have to be a goal setter to look at your life and be like, I, I know that there's more out there. I know that the improvement is, is there. And so really there's What's amazing about Christianity and, and seeing our lives improve is, is just that there's, there's different ways to look at it. So there might, goals might be improvement. In other words, you might be like, okay, I'm doing okay, but I want to kick it up a notch or I want to continue to see more uh, cons- uh, you know, uh, positive consequences from these. So goals can be improvement. Goals can also be change. Change in the sense of like, we're heading down this road and I don't like this road. Let's, let's go down this road. Let's, let's change the way that we do this or that. And so that's also, but what's fascinating to me about Christianity is that goals can be improvement or goals can be change. But in Christianity, goals can be resurrection. In other words, you might be here today and say, my marriage is over or my job is failed, or my life is meaningless. I mean, like really feel like death in an area of your life, and we serve a resurrecting God. We serve a God that can actually bring to life, bring to newness the ways and the means that we bring to Him for His glory. So even if you're here today and you're like, I think it's over, or I don't see any hope, our God is a resurrecting God. That's what we just sang. He really and truly can defeat death, hell, and the grave. And so that's exciting to me uh, for this year and for what God is going to do. So um, we're going to be in 2 Peter today. In, um, in the book of 2 Timothy, don't go to 2 Timothy, go to 2 Peter. But in the book of 2 Timothy, God talks about how he wants us to begin this process of improvement. He says, be diligent to present yourselves to God as one approved, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. In other words, God wants to see and God wants to empower us to actually grow, to actually be better, to actually see progress within our lives, not just our spiritual life, in every area, and that's what we're going to talk about today, that's important to us. And so I'm going to read 2 Peter uh, beginning in uh, chapter 1. This has become like a, maybe a theme a passage of scripture for me. I have looked and listened. I was driving the other day and was listening to this on audio just over and over and over again. It is rich. It is wonderful. This is a great text. And so uh, for you, as you look at the new year and all that God has for you, I want to encourage you. Also, you're going to see me in front of your very eyes, I hope this year, try to improve uh, one area of at least my preaching which I know some of you are like, finally. Uh, so <laughs> so um, 
uh, when I, when I, I read a lot, I love reading, and I'm, I'm a pretty fast uh, reader, actually, um, but my mouth can't keep up with my mind. Uh, that, and so I, I have a tough time reading out loud. And part of it is when I was a freshman, or a freshman in high school, we had a reading assignment of Shakespeare out loud, which you should never do to a kid from West Texas. Uh, you know, you're like, I don't even know English, let alone British English. And so I, some kids were snickering at me uh, because I kept pronouncing this word wrong and I didn't know what it, which word. And so I had this thing in my head. I don't read well out loud. And so oftentimes I'll stumble. If you've ever listened to me for a while, you've probably known that. Um, but I was doing some coaching the other day with a guy, and he said, I want to read a, a, a passage of Scripture. And he read it to me, and he read it with flourish and gusto. Uh, he, I mean, like, this is the Word of God. And, and I was like, I was moved by not just the, the words, which I believe are true, but, but by the, the way he did it. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, the Word of God needs that. The Word of God uh, demands that. I mean, there's a lot, everything that we do here is important, but frankly, if we had to boil it down and we could only do one thing, it would be the reading of the Word. It would be the reading of the Word of God. So I'm going to do my best uh, this year to give, it, and, and, and in the future, to give it um, the, the appropriate uh, amount of attention in, in my reading. And so I'm sure I'll mess up along the way. That's the way we do, and that's the way I do. But I'm going to do my very best to do that. So uh, in honor of that, let's, let's be old school. Stand uh, for the reading of the Word of God today in Second Peter, beginning in verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, Self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. The, per the person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things... You will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. This is the Word of God. You may be seated. Yeah. Word, hey, don't, don't cheer for me, but Jesus, you know, like, woo, Bible. Here we go. All right. So, uh, so I want to show you, uh, uh, like, the, the, the part of this passage that is just, I love, I love, I love in this life. In verse 3, Peter, uh, Peter explains he's writing to, to Christians, and then in verse 3, he, he starts with this powerful statement. He says, his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Everything that is required for your life, 
everything that you need to achieve your goals, everything that is necessary for the life that is to come in Jesus Christ, the Bible says, Jesus says, the God of the universe says to you, you already have. You have everything that life requires. This is radical for us. This has been radical for me. He doesn't say you can hope to achieve or maybe one day God will provide. He says instead, this is now, this is true right now. You, if you are in faith in Jesus Christ, possess everything that God requires, that, that, or that you require, that God must provide for your life. Everything. And what kind of life is it? It's a life and godliness. So God has given you every means possible so that you can live a godly life and you can live the life that he desires in Jesus Christ. This is fantastic news. I mean, you could spend all day, I mean, you could spend so much time thinking about this and believing in faith in this part of your life. Now, honestly, for me, I'm starting to see it unfold. This has been really cool for me because I'm, I'm seeing God do some new things uh, in me. Like in River Valley, God has blessed us. We're doing, we're doing so well in River Valley. I love it. Great staff, great facilities. You guys are great givers. We have some money to do stuff. We have uh, room to grow. We have momentum on our side. So much is going on. So I'm like, oh man, River Valley is great. In my personal life, God has been so good to me. Uh, in the past days. Our, our kids came home. Uh, we're now empty nesters. Our kids came home uh, for Christmas, uh, the very first Christmas when, when we were empty nesters and they came back home. And so Creed asked me when he was leaving the other day, he was like, what do y'all do when we're gone? And I was we have a blast. I mean, it's so much fun. In fact, we've discovered that there's actually two phases to your adult children returning home. Phase one is when you look at each other and go, the kids are coming home. I can't wait for the kids to be home. Oh, it's going to be so wonderful. That's phase one. Phase two is where you look at your children and you look them dead in the eye and you say, please leave. I need you to go. I, how can I miss you if you won't go away? And, and so we, we, we've discovered that. And so they've gone, man, man but, but they're doing well, and so it's fun to send them off. We're doing well. Like, it's been amazing to see everything. Like, I'm, I'm seeing these things unfold before my eyes. But this is the truth. Whether you see them or not, these, this is what God says. Everything. Now, you might not believe this because you think, you know what? I could have really been great had I not dropped out of school, or if I had the money to go to school, or, you know, if I would have been set up in my life, I really didn't have anybody backing me when I was younger, or if I hadn't made this mistake or done this thing that really hurt me, or, or if this circumstance would be different over here, then I could really and truly see God work. And that's not what the verse says at all. If you start making caveats and, well, eh, then you're not really reading this verse in faith that he has given us by his divine power everything that is needed for life and godliness. This is going to be uh, my, my very first uh, statement of the new year. Uh, so I will often uh, repeat statements of Scripture uh, back to myself to kind of remind myself and to, to verbalize out loud. The Bible says the tongue steers the, steers the vessel. And so I'm going to, I'm, this is the first one of the year. That God has given me, and God has given our family, and God has given River Valley, and God has given every uh, entity that I have a part of, everything required for life and godliness. Now, let's be honest. Some of us are sitting there thinking, well, why am I not experiencing that? That's true because it's in the Bible, 
but I'm not living that out. Now, don't be one that says, I don't feel that way. We don't, we don't operate by feelings. But even in a practical sense, you're like, gee whiz, everything I need, and I feel like every time I turn around, I don't have enough knowledge, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough experience, I don't, I'm making mistakes. Like, everything seems to be going wrong in this sense. Here's the deal. God shows us, and God gives us through the rest of the, the text today, He's going to show us the keys to unlock the truth of this statement. So think about this this statement as as a locked door. It's true. It's there. But we have to use the keys that he has given us and he has shown us what to do in order to unlock this door. So two keys to unlock the truth that he has given us everything required for life and godliness. First key is right after that. How do we get this? It says, through the knowledge of him. So the first word, write down the word knowledge. Knowledge. Four times in this text, he uses how God desires for us to have knowledge. In other words, we don't know some things that we need to know along the way. So we need to use the knowledge that God has given us. We live in a knowledge age. We live in where you can learn anything. I mean, just it's, it's so vast how much you can, you can know. I mean, you can be working on your car and be like, you know, I have an 82 Subaru, and it needs a new flux capacitor, and I don't know how to do that. And you'll be, you type that into YouTube, and there's somebody out there going, hey, how you doing? I'm Ed, and I'm going to teach you today how to change a flux capacitor on an 82 Subaru. And you're like, all right, Ed, here we go. And so that, I mean, I know a lot about cars, by the way. Uh, so that, that's true. So we, there's, there's, there's vast amounts of knowledge. And, and the problem with some of us is that you already have a lot of knowledge. Even in Christianity, you're like, I know, I was raised in church, been serving Christ. This is not for some people that don't have enough knowledge to unlock what God needs. This is for all of us to add to our life knowledge. All of us need to add knowledge. We need to add knowledge, first of all, it says, of Him, of the God of the universe, that we need to add from the God of the universe. God, I want to know you more. I want to know you deeper. I want to know you not just in truth of Scripture, but experience of my life, both. I want to know you, Jesus, deeper. This is, this is for me as well. This is uh, what I'm going through right now. I, I can't be like, you know, I'm a pastor. Let's, I know a little bit about Jesus. I do. I've, I've been around for a while. But the moment that I think I've got it, you know, made is the moment that I miss out on the key to unlock whatever God has for me next. God has more knowledge, new knowledge for me. And he's teaching me along the way. And you need those things as well. And so for some of you, let's just start out with the basics. For some of you, you need to start out with the basics because you need to, you need to, uh, if I could be frank with you for a moment, you need to like get serious about your life in Christ. You need to quit being wishy-washy of if I'll attend church, if nothing else is happening, or, or we'll give when this happens, or, or we'll be a part of a group someday. Or You need to get serious. For, for us at River Valley, we call them the connections. We love, we grow, we give, we go. And if you would just invest in those areas, being a part of church regularly in worship, being a part of a group, we're going to talk about that uh, in just a moment, being a part of serving and giving, being, opening up your Bible for your own self and reading it and praying it this year, you would see vast, amazing improvement within your life. And not just your spiritual life. 
I think sometimes we think of like, well, here's my spiritual life, but over here's work and family and all those things. That's not true at all. Let me read you a powerful, powerful verse, or actually two verses. Psalm 37, verses um, 5 and, no, uh, 3 and 4, sorry. Um, Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect with Jesus is what it says. And then what, it, what does it say? He will give you your heart's desire. I, I see a lot of people that are chasing after their heart's desire and then they think, I'll get to Jesus someday. If you would get to Jesus, he gave you your heart's desires. And he will fulfill those if you will seek after knowledge of him first. It is amazing how that happens. And so I want you to uh, go and, and, and we have a way to do that. If you're like, I don't even know how to do that. We have a connections class. It's one of our groups that meets right here Sunday nights, five o'clock, and you can sign up today and we'll teach you how to connect with Jesus. We'll teach you how to really and truly have an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. And frankly, we've had a ton of people over the years who've gone through this class and they're like, I'm a mature Christian. I've been a Christian for a long time and I learned so much in this class and I'm so much closer to Jesus. So if you're new to River Valley, man, that is a fantastic place to start for us to help you to connect with him. The second part of knowledge is not just knowledge of him, but in verse 4, he says he's given us great and precious promises. We need uh, knowledge of the promises of God, the promises of God. Now, God promises like we promise, where he says, I promise that I will do this. And that's certainly part of his promises. But his promises is his word. His promises are, this is the way I have made the world. So his word is true. It is a promise in the sense that we under, when, when you understand the way the promise works, then you will, and you begin to live that way, we'll talk about that in a second, then you will see God open up doors in your life. You've got to understand the way the world works, and you can't fight it. In fact, um, in several weeks, I'm going to talk to you about the lies that we as Americans are believing that are against the word of God. And, and it's how, how far it's taking us off of um, what he has for us. So let me give you a, a really cool illustration to unpack this. I learned this, this recently. I have a, a friend that has a sawmill, and uh, he taught me this about wood. Let me give you a, a cool illustration. This is a picture of the USS Constitution. The USS Constitution is a ship that was, there were actually six frigates that were commissioned in 1795. This is one of the six, and it went to sea in 1797. It is the oldest ship in the armada of the United States Navy. It is still, they still have a, a crew from the Navy on this ship today. Most of the time, it's in Boston Harbor as a museum, but it can flow, I mean, it can travel. It is a fully operational ship even uh, today. And so really cool uh, story about it. They had, when they designed it, they designed it bigger than normal ships in its day. They also had, so because of that, they had to design the keel and the bottom and how it, how it displaced water. There was a ton of work that went into it. It also was uh, armed more than other ships of its day. Let me show you some pictures of its cannons. There are 44, it's a 44-gun ship. Uh, that means it has 44 ports for guns. Most of the time it carried over 50 of these guns. Can you imagine hearing that cannon sh uh, shoot, how loud it would be? And so uh, really an, an impressive uh, boat. So let me, let me give you a story of how it came to get its nickname. In the war, so it was commissioned in 1797. In the War of 1812, uh, its captain was fighting a British, another British ship, the HMS Guerrero. Uh, 
whatever. All right, so uh, the, bad, the bad guys. And, uh, all right, so, <laughs> so, so they were fighting, and uh, you know, you've seen where they kind of pull up alongside each other and shoot each other. Well, very early in the battle, the Constitution shot one of the rear masts of the Gieri. And so the, it, it went off into the water, was dragging it some, made it. You could still steer it, but not as, as, as well. And it actually ran into the Constitution. And for a, sea, and for a time in the battle, they got locked together. So here are these ships side by side locked together, but they didn't stop firing those cannons at each other. Can you imagine the strength of a cannon that's, I mean, within feet uh, of, of its intended target? So truly, truly decimated uh, uh, their ship. After a while, they did become separated, and, and uh, the Gary started firing at the Constitution, and several of the cannonballs literally bounced off the Constitution. Literally just hit it, made a dent, but didn't even break through the wood, bounced off of it. And so later on, the Constitution was able to, uh, to shoot the main mast, and effectively where the Gary couldn't steer. They uh, captured all of the crew, uh, took them uh, as prisoners. And normally what you would do in those days is you would take the ship as a prize and repurpose it for the Americans. But it was so badly, uh, it was so badly wounded and hurt that they actually destroyed it. They actually burned it at sea. Now, one of the sailors, as he was watching this battle, said it was as if, as we shot, it was uh, the, old, the old girl, she had uh, sides of iron. And so that's, what they, the, so that's why we call it today, old, the USS Constitution, the nickname is Old Ironsides. Now, here's what was fascinating to me, because I'd read that story, and everywhere I've read that story, it says because it had strong wood. Well, I mean... Listen, I mean, let's give the British some credit. You know what I mean? I think they would think to themselves, well, let's make some strong wood if people are going to shoot cannons at it. All right, but what the reason was the kind of wood and the specific properties that I didn't know and this, this friend taught me. Most wood, uh, the, the, the USS Constitution is built primarily of white oak. Uh, white oak used to be uh, fairly plenteous. Now it is not. And so the U.S. Navy actually has a tract of land of 20 acres of white oak. So at, as the Constitution needs replacement wood, they have a forest being actually grown continuously for this 200 and what now, 26-year-old ship so they can replace it. But white oak is very specific. Most oak that you get today, post oak around here is what's most common, when you, when you cut it and you begin to try to uh, break it up for firewood or whatever, uh, you use an axe and it goes down very straight. It's because the grains are fairly perpendicular, up and down. And they don't, they don't cross each other very much. So it makes uh, where you can uh, cut firewood pretty easy. That's not the way white oak works. White oak, its grain is what's called interlocking. So in other words, it doesn't go up and down. It curls into each other like this. So when you try to split white oak, it doesn't split very well because it goes down a little bit and then it comes off to the side. And so it's, it's interlocking grain. And so because of that, that's why old Ironside was able to... Uh, defend or repel these these shots now let me make an illustrate let me use that as an illustration for your life i'm gonna give you an assignment today assignment in in several parts the first part i want you to list all of the important realms of your life list you should write this down this is going to help you list all the important realms of your life now, not the ones that are, you know, like, I got some hobbies. No, I'm not talking, I'm talking about the ones that you would deem important in your life. So for all of us, if we're people of faith, my relationship with Jesus Christ, 
So that's important. If you're married, that's going to, you know, your children, even if they're like mine and they're adults. So you list out all of the important areas of your life. And then number two, I want you to rank order them. Rank order them. Now, the first part of the list doesn't tend to change very much. So for me, you know, I've got, I've got Jesus up here, and I've got my relationship with Melinda, then my relationship with my children. Uh, those, those are going to remain constant. But what you're going to find in the second half of your list is those may change over time. So when you're young, you're fairly healthy, and you're trying to go out there and earn some money, and so finances might take a higher priority, or your job might take a higher priority. But as you get older, and maybe you're more financially settled or secured, uh, finances might go lower, but all of a sudden, you maybe not have taken as good care of your health. And so that, that rises. So I want you to list all of the realms, then rank all of the realms in importance. And then number three, I want you to give yourself a grade in every single realm. This is for you. How am I doing? If I were a teacher, what would my grade be in my relationship with Christ, in my relationship with my children, in my relationship with my job, in, in all of these areas? What is the grade? Now, here's, here's how the illustration comes in. I think it's, it, 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 this has really helped me. You can't afford to have a failing grade in anything that's important. And you definitely can't afford to have a failing grade in those things that are very high in importance. So in other words, maybe I'm not doing well. Uh, you, you might say, well, I'm doing great in my finances. My job is great, and I'm killing it, and I'm making sales, and we're doing well. And so I've got good, you know, I've got a good grade in my finances. I've got a good grade in my job. But frankly, my marriage is not going great. Well, all of a sudden, you don't have interlocking grain. In other words, all of them working together, in other words, none of them failing helps you because what does the Bible say? Or the illustration says cannonballs are going to come against it, but it's actually in the Bible as well. He says that the precious promises help us to escape the corruption that is in the world. So the world's going to shoot these cannonballs at us, and the, 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 the way that we are able to get out of, from under those is to make sure that the important areas of our life are according to the promises of God, are living out according to what God has for us. Now, we as a church want to help you. This is where we come in. We're not saying to you, go figure it out. Now that you've listed all these things, and now you say, I'm really kind of doing poorly in this area. Or this is the area that, that really needs the most and, and, and has the most uh, importance in my life. Well, guess what? We want to help you. That's what we're doing today in groups, in group link. We want to help you learn the promises of God. We want to help you understand how God has wired you and how God has made the universe. So if you're here in marriage today and you say, I want some marriage help, then we have re-engaged. It's our marriage uh, class. It's for those who are doing very, very well and those who need help. We have uh, talked about connections earlier, financial peace. Mark gave this great, uh, this great testimony of financial peace and the, the difference it's made in his and Nicole's life. Uh, grief share. We have a group that, that meets for if you've lost a person that is important to you in your life. We also have a group that meets if, if you are a widow and, and have lost your husband. We have groups that are here to help you. We have community groups that are here to help you along the way for knowledge of Jesus Christ. Guys, this happened to me this year. Late in the fall of last year, I, uh, 
I, I've, I've been real honest uh, with, it, with the church. I struggle with anxiety and depression from time to time. Uh, frankly, I, 2022, I was doing, I'm, I've been doing great. God, and, and normally, the anxiety and the depression follows a, a bad situation in my life. And so I've learned through counseling how to manage that. And I'm, I'm, all, I'm always learning more. But I, I started experiencing it. The problem was is that I had no triggers. Nothing was bad. I mean, I went to my counselor, and I was like, everything's good, but I'm, I'm hurting. Like, I was, I was hurting bad, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out, like, what's going on? And my counselor is helping me. I'm, I'm continuing to seek counseling. My counselor is helping me understand, okay, God's teaching you this. She's a godly counselor. This is what God is teaching you. And this is how God is showing you some deep recesses in your, in your life and what, what those mean. And I am learning knowledge of God. But you know what? That ha- it happened on a Sunday when this happened. And I, I, was, I was really struggling. I had to, I, had to, I mean, I, I was, by the grace of God, I was able to finish preaching. But I was really struggling. But Monday night, my community group meets. And I was struggling on Sunday. But Monday night, I went to my community group and I said, I need prayer. I need help. I need you guys to pray for me. And I knew that they would keep that in confidence. I knew that they wouldn't gossip or talk about that. But I also knew that they would pray for me. And they would support me. And they would help me. And they would encourage me. And they would text me. And they would tell me nice things. And they would give me hugs. It was wonderful. And the precious promises of God through the people of God has made all the difference in this last season in my life. And I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'll ever get out of it. But I'm learning so much about God. Guys, there's so much more to know about God, and we're not meant to do it in isolation. So you're going to have all of this ability to learn of these promises through, through these different groups, to learn of how to do it together through community groups along the way. So we're going to, uh, number one, we're going to unlock with knowledge of him and his promises. Number two, in verse five, he says, make every effort. Make every effort. He says it twice in the text. Four times he says knowledge, twice he says make every effort. In other words, we've got to learn more through knowledge. We've got to do more through making every effort. We've got to make some changes within our lives. I know a lot of people are like, I know I should do those things. But we've got to learn, and that's one of the things that groups helps uh, us uh, do. Now, let me show you the the second part of the illustration that I think is going to Uh, make an impact. Same war, 1812, same ship, USS Constitution, is fighting another battle. And the captain sees five American frigates off in the distance, and he thinks, well, let's go over and talk to them for a little bit. And as he's sailing over to the ship, once he gets fairly close, he realizes, "Uh uh-oh, I've made a big mistake. Those are not American frigates. Those are British frigates. Those are the enemy. And so I'm in trouble because I've sailed right into them, and I'm one ship against five. And so he's like, hey, turn around, let's leave. And so they turn around and they begin to sail, but the the British frigates are gaining on them. Now what the American, what the, the Constitution doesn't do is go, oh, we're old Ironsides, come on, you can do any, you can shoot us, we're fine. No, 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 they're like, we got to get out of here. We're way overmatched. We are way undergunned for this level of fight. So they begin to go. Well, the, the British uh, don't know how to operate as much in, in the American waters. So, uh, but but there, several of their ships are actually faster than the Constitution. So the captain of the Constitution begins to do several things. Let me show you a picture. 
The first thing he does is get several sailors out front in rowboats, and they're rowing the Constitution. They're rowing as the, the, the ship uh, sails are unfurled. Secondly, he gets sailors to go up and to, uh, in all the mass, and begin to put water and begin to wet the sail so that no wind goes through it, so they hold the, the sail better. Uh, thirdly, he does a technique that I didn't know the, the name of this is called kedging. And what kedging is, is you get one of these rowboats and you've got multiple anchors on each side. And so you take the longest anchors on one side and you put them in a rowboat. And then the rowboat rows out in front and you let the anchor out as far as it can go. And so it's way off from the, it's way off from the main ship in this rowboat. And then they drop the anchor and they go back. And the men on the ship on the Constitution reel that anchor up as it hits bottom as fast as they can. And it pulls that ship forward. While they're doing that, another rowboat is bringing out the other side, either the the, uh, port or the starboard side anchor. And they're going to do the same thing over and over and over again. So they're wetting the sails, they're rowing the boats, they're catching the anchors, all of this to get away, and it starts to work. Well, the British see this, and they start to do the exact same thing. And so then they begin to catch up as well. And so now it's this fight. For a day and a half, this happens. Can you imagine rowing a boat? Can you imagine doing these anchors over? And It is literally life or death, and they're chasing him. Well, the American captain sees a squall coming, sees a storm coming, and he knows that the British have been following. They didn't know how to sail in these waters, so they've been following his moves. So when he sees the storm coming, he knows they do too. So he brings in all of the anchors, all of the ships, and he brings all of the sails down. And you would think, well, man, a storm wouldn't be a bad thing because we could use a little bit more wind. He brings all of the sails down, so the ship basically stops. The British do the exact same thing. And so they're all sitting there looking at each other, but they can't move because the, sh- the sails are down. So he waits for the squall or the storm to come in and envelop them. And then so the, 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 uh, the British, he, he knows that the British commanders are probably just thinking, well, uh, you know, like we, I guess it's going to be a really bad one. They must be able to tell. So we're just going to have to wait this thing out. No, that's not what he does at all. When, when the cover of the storm comes, the American captain raises his sails again and gets out of there. And so when the British are done, they're just like, hey, where'd it go? And uh, by the way, we won the war. Woo-hoo! Uh, there you go. So uh, <laughs> I love that. I love those stories. So here's the deal. Here's the point. Make, that's a long, long, well, I think cool story, but frankly, to say, make effort. <laughs> make effort. Pull the ship, drop the anchors, wet the sails, do whatever it takes in progress in your life. And it gives us a really specific way to do this, which I love. Because here's the, uh, first of all, you can succeed even during a storm. I think that's a cool sidebar to that story. You really can, if you think that you can only succeed when everything's going right, you're sadly mistaken. You're horribly mistaken, as a matter of fact. God will grow you and show you so much during a storm of your life if you will lean into him. But he shows us how to grow doing this. He says, all right, here's an example. Let's say you want to grow your faith. Well, why don't you add to your faith goodness? So I got saved, been saved for a while. Well, why don't you add to your faith goodness? What is he talking about? Let's add some goodness. Let's stop lying, stealing, cheating, cussing. Let's just kind of be a good person because no one ever looks at someone and goes, they are a really good person. They hardly 
they probably lie only one out of every 10 times. I mean, they're, they're just great. I mean, you know, you're like, they're very unlikely to steal your wallet. They might, but, you, you know, like, I mean, just, or, or our, our language and how we speak. I mean, you know, be, add to your faith goodness. Now, don't try to get faith by being a good person. It doesn't say that, but add to your faith goodness. So I'm just going to add, like, when you get saved, you need to kind of do an inventory of your life and go, man, this isn't right. I got to, this, and, and you know what those things are, and you know what the Holy Spirit is showing you next. And it's one or two things. We work on those. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember for me, like, just having to learn how to, how to communicate without cussing. Or how, I, I remember that. I, rem, I remember how to learn. I had to learn. I had to give up smoking. For me, I, I, no, one, no one wanted to, to, to follow a pastor who was smoking. And so I had to give those things up, and I had to learn goodness. You have to do the same thing. And then when, once you got that, then, then what are we going to add? We're going to add knowledge. Again, we're going to learn more about Jesus. And then what are we going to supplement it with? Self-control. And then what are we going to do? And then just on and on. Endurance, keeping up, keeping up and doing these things over and over and growth and growth over and over and over again. It's amazing what happens. Now, this applies to our groups as well. For some of you, I am stretching you by saying, going out there and talk to somebody about groups. I'm stretching you because you, you sit there and you think to yourself, man, I've never done this before. I don't know. It seems new. It seems hard. It seems difficult. I'm stretching. But listen, I'm not just saying go out and look at groups. I'm saying sign up for a group and then in a couple of weeks, go to a group and then go to another group and go to another group and go to another group. Keep going. In other words, keep being apart, keep making an effort. I continue to do that to this day. You need to as well. Make every effort to do those things, to sign up, to be a part, and to really see your faith flourish this year. Now, last thing. Therefore, in verse 10, because of all the things that he said, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. Your election is your salvation. God elects you uh, to be saved in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like despondent or anything. I'm really not. I'm, I'm loving life, but I'm ready to go to heaven. <laughs> like, I, I, like I, I'm so ready to go to heaven. I, I, I cannot wait for Jesus to come, back, to come back. I hope it's today. I really do. More than anything that I want to see in my future, my kids graduate from college or get married or grandchildren or old age and a life well lived. I, so much more than all of those combined and everything else, I want to see Jesus come back. I am ready to go to heaven. And I know that I, I don't believe I will die anytime in the future. Uh, like, you know, ever. Yeah, yeah, you're like... <laughs> That's how cults get started. All right, let me back up, all right? <laughs> hey, our guy's going to live forever, you know? Uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. That was, that was badly uh, worded. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't believe I'm going to die in the immediate future. Uh, God has given me truly a vision uh, for uh, late. In, in fact, Mel and I prayed that we would live uh, for me to be 85, her to be 86 years old. We want to celebrate 60 years of marriage together. Uh, we want to do that. We want to eat some cake and then hopefully just die the next day. Uh, yeah, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be great. Um, and God's given me a vision for that long of what, what all he wants for me in my life. Uh, the, those, but if I die today, like, I mean, like, don't, don't think, oh no, it's so much better. 
find a new pastor and just keep on trucking because I'm, I'm great. You know why? It's not because I'm a pastor. Don't do that. It's because I've made my calling and election sure. I am sure I am alive in Jesus Christ. I am sure that heaven is my home. I am sure that I'm an adopted son of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am positive. The Bible says you should do the same thing. Make your calling and election sure. I invite you to bow your heads right where we're at, right where you're at today. And let's make that election sure that Jesus has brought you in, has said, I want that one. Bring them into the family of God. Listen, it doesn't, uh, this, is, this, this message today is a message for the, the people of the church. Um, so the people of the church uh, have faith. So don't, don't think that you start with goals and, and improvement in your life. You start with election. You start with Jesus is calling me towards salvation. So right where you are today, are you saved? Are you elected? Are you heaven bound? Do you have an assurance of every day in your life that when I die, I will spend an eternity with the Lord Jesus? He has adopted me as a son or daughter. Do you live in the, the reality of I want to go home? I want to be with him. This is not my home. This is not there is. All, all there is. The Bible says that if we will Believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Believe that he was buried in the tomb. Understand and believe that he was raised to life in the resurrection. Ask him to be the Lord of our life, taking control that our sins will be forgiven. And we can be assured that we have a relationship and a future and an eternity with Jesus. Make your election sure today. If you've never done that, this is your moment to let God come into your life. Be your Lord. Forgive your sins. Tell him, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for being buried. Thank you for being raised. Be the Lord of my life. Then, Jesus, I believe that you were raised to life. Be the Lord. Thank you for salvation. For those who have, God, help me to know you more. Help me to believe on the promises of God. God, help me to surround myself with people of faith and group that I can learn more of these things. Jesus, help me to have effort to seek after what you have for me in this next year. I love you, and it's for your glory that I live my life. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.